up with a choir and our praise team and musicians. We sung that we were going to praise his name. So let's praise him in this place. Thank God for our media ministry and you. It's always good to worship with you. As God continues to challenge us through his word that we can grow deeper in relationship with him. I am so glad to see all of you on this morning. I hope you're glad to see me too. And those of you who are worshiping at home, we thank God for you as well as we remain connected as the body of Christ through the medium of technology and in-person gathering where we get to celebrate the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I can say it's good because I get to see you and I know by seeing you that God has been good to you. In fact, would you help me testify just for a moment? Let somebody next to you know that God has been good to you. That's why we sing his praises. That's why we gather in this sacred space to celebrate him. And God is growing us each time we engage his word that we might know more of him as he invites us to go deeper in our intimate relationship as he is our God, we are his people, and through us he uses us to bless his name. I invite you, as we continue in this series, Louder Than Words, as we are looking at the uh, Ten Commandments, our response to God's grace, to meet me in Exodus, Exodus, the 20th chapter. And this morning, we'll be looking at what is considered one of the longest uh, expressions of the commands that are listed there, and what we know as the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the Tablets of Testimony. It's right there. You'll see it when we get there in Exodus, the 20th chapter, beginning at the 8th verse. Listen to me as I read God's word. God writes on the tablet of testimony, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourners who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Read verse 8 again. This is God speaking. And what God says is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to lead our time around the text. With this thought in our minds, rest for a day. Father, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are with us to guide us through your word. That we might truly understand the depths of which you would have us to align our lives to. That our lives might give greater glory to you. So I do ask that you would speak to us. That you would cultivate our hearts to be receptive to your word, that you would unstop our ears and allow us to see with fresh eyes what your word would have to say to us, that we might know more of you, 
as we strive to live in greater relationship with you and greater relationship with each other. So please speak with my tongue, think with my thoughts, guide my speech that we might truly hear from you. May your spirit take control of this place. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Month of October is a, a special month. Uh, not, not because, just because the, the temperature changes, uh, but I know some of you appreciate what God is doing. Some of you do. I, I thought so. Uh, appreciate what God is doing with, with the weather and the, the shifting of the season. But we also know something about uh, September because in the month of September, uh, some of us don a particular color. Um, if you've been around Pastor George any time, you understand that in the month of September, every Sunday he dons the color of pink. Many of us do that. We, we don the color of pink because it brings awareness to breast cancer awareness, right? And so uh, in October, we don that. But, but Brother Al, what we may not know is that something happens when October shifts to November. And the first week in November brings awareness uh, in the United States to another kind of prevention. Tyrone is important because we bring awareness of things that are threatening to lives, things that are a challenge in our society. And you may not know this, but between November 1st to November 8th, there is another prevention. It's drowsy driving Awareness Week. No, no, no. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this because this is, this is a real threat. Drowsy driving awareness. Why, why do you think, Craig, that, that the nation's leading experts in transportation would have to bring attention to the dangers of driving drowsy? I mean, we, we know it's important for airline pilots to not fly drowsy, and so uh, there's only so many hours that they could fly. We understand that those who are in the transportation industry that drive large trucks and rigs only could drive a certain amount of hours because of the dangers that that prevent. But what about all the other drivers on the road that right now statistics say that are over 100,000 Accidents per year are directly related to drowsy driving. And of those, at least 15,000 of them are directly related to fatalities, and over 75,000 are directly related to serious injuries. Rodney, why why is it that that such attention has to be given uh, to our nation's driving habits? Because we live in a society, if we're honest about it, that we, we push, we push, we push to get the maximum output. Corey, we, we live in a society that, that doesn't uh, celebrate rest. It celebrates getting the most we can out of all we can. And every day of our lives, we wake up, not all of us, but some of us can be honest about it. We wake up tired. You go to bed tired. You wake up tired. You go through the day tired. And anytime somebody asks you how you're doing, you say, I am. I know who I'm talking to. And I'm not talking as an expert other than being an expert of a violator of that which God is calling us to recognize. And that is he has created us to live in a rhythm of rest. 
I want you to get this. And yet, most of us, if not all of us, fight so much against the natural rhythm that God has created us to live within that we keep uh, energy drinks in business. Coffee and, and even when the, the natural proclivities that God has placed in our lives to tell us when it's time for us to shut down, we rally against it and continue to feed ourselves unnatural. I got to look for friends when I say this kind of stuff. Unnatural substances so we can do more and go beyond that which God has ordained for us. Am I talking to anybody in here? So when I see the, this fourth commandment with, with fresh eyes, I, I, I hear God when he says, remember the Sabbath day. Sabbath. That word we get from Genesis, the second chapter. You're mindful of Genesis, the second chapter, aren't you? Uh, where it says, the Lord created the heavens and the earth, and thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts in them. And the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day for all, from all the work that he had done. So the Lord blessed the seventh day, and made it holy because on it God rested from all of his work that he has done in creation. Now, I have friends who are um, attorneys. I have a friend who is a very proficient attorney. And so I'm going to give you my disclaimer, and if you have a problem with it, you can speak to my attorney friend. <laughs> Here's my disclaimer is that it is not my intention to delve into controversy as it relates to when we worship. That, that, that is not what I think the heart of this command is bringing us to. It is my intention, though, to clear up some misconceptions as it relates to the Sabbath day and whether or not we uh, benefit from keeping the Sabbath day. I hope you hear me. There are those who build uh, denominations or, or, or a whole theology around the legalism of worshiping on a particular day. Here's my disclaimer. Are you ready for it? God is worthy of worship every day. Which means then that I worship him on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I hope you get this. Because when you are a worshiper of God and you recognize God in his holiness, you worship him in all that you do and all that you say. At least we strive to. I want to get that out of the way here. Because when we read the text, he is not saying, remember, so keep your microphone on. He's not saying, remember two hours to worship me on a particular day. That is not what this text is saying. What God is calling us to remember is that we are to dedicate an entire day to resting. I hope you didn't close your Bibles. Uh, so he tells us to remember the Sabbath. Why? Because in creation, you got to remember uh, the rhythm of godly restoration. Because in our relationship with God, 
Honestly, God will guide us to rest. And that rest is designed by God so that we can recharge, so that we can be reestablished, so that we can uh, be more effective at living the life God has called us to live. Saints of God, God ordained that we have time to rest. Disconnect. In fact, Sabbath is more of a verb from Hebrew Shabbat that to cease from toil, to cease from labor, to unplug sometimes. Does anybody in here need to unplug? Oh, don't do it, don't do it in this service. I said the Sabbath, 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 Sabbath. The, the, the seventh day. Uh, Sunday is the, the first day, but, but Sabbath is the, the seventh day. And, and I, I, want you, I want you to hear me because when God instituted the Sabbath, he says here in his command, remember. John, you, you see that? He says, remember, which means at some point he must have discussed it with the people before he brought them to this point in Exodus 20. Man, I, I hope you all are ready for this. Some, some of you may have already disconnected, but I need to bring you for, we're going to take our time with this. Um, let's look, because before Exodus 20, before uh, no, Moses is on Mount Sinai, before Moses receives the tablet of testimony, before Moses sees in intimacy the finger of God inscribing to remind Israel, Israel had an experience with God that would help them understand why God wants them to remember this seventh day of rest. Exodus, the... 16th chapter, 16th chapter of Exodus, the 25th through the 30th verse. Remember, this predates the tablets, the commands. Moses said, as God had prepared the people and he's now given them manna from heaven, Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find it, the manna, in the field. Look at verse 26. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a what? There will be none. On the seventh day, though, guess what happened? Some people of the camp went out to gather more manna, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Here it is. See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. He's given it. It's a gift. It's a gift to humanity. He's given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the, on the sixth day, he gives you bread uh, for two days, Remain each of you in his place and let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. Here it is, verse 30. So the people rested on the seventh day. Uh, not, not only is this a reminder to us that God has created us to be in a rhythm for godly restoration, um, but, but God is showing us even in the onset of the Sabbath why we should remember it is because God intended for the Sabbath to be the time we recharge and we rest. I don't know about you, but, but, but I, I do not like upgrading my phone. 
I don't. I don't really understand. I figured my phone still does what my phone is supposed to do. Don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't see any reason, Craig, to, to update my phone. But I do have, have some issues with customer service when I call them about my phone. Because oftentimes when I call them about my phone, they're trying to encourage me to update my phone. But Tanya, I don't like updating my phone because it's my phone. It still makes calls. I can still do what I think I need to do. But every now and then, not, not your phone, but, but my phone starts to glitch. You know, it starts to do stuff that it didn't used to do. And, and, and I, as I look at it, Chuck, I'm trying to figure out What's wrong with my phone? True story. So Virgil, I call customer service. They don't know I'm a pastor. They don't know I serve a church. So I could be as <laughs> transparent as I need to be in that moment. So I'm calling uh, customer service, and, and I'm asking them about what's going on. I think they're trying to set me up. I think they're trying to stop stuff so I could be forced to, to upgrade. I got those kind of thoughts in my mind. Um, and, and, and Gail, what they tell me, it's a profound, you know, profound question they gave me. They said, well, Mr. LaMail, tell me, when was the last time you powered down your phone? I said, 2017. So perhaps if you shut it down and let it reset, it will work the way it was designed to work. I hope you hear me in here. That God is calling us to stop fighting against a rhythm of rest and trust the creator in the manner in which he's created us that we might live life in the rhythm that he's given, that we might give ourselves in a seven-day period a time to rest. I believe we can become more productive if we, if we rest. But not only that, uh, you saw uh, in Exodus 16 that not only Sabbath day, but the Sabbath day is given uh, as, as a gift. Because it allows us to express gratitude for God's provision, pausing for reflection. Remember the children of Israel? Remember in Exodus 16, God was providing for them. He provided manna for them, and they had to trust God. But there are those who were so accustomed to going out and working and being active that they're still going out to search for what God had already done. And when we choose to to allow ourselves to rest. What we are expressing to God, here it is, is that we trust him to take care of things even when we don't have our hands on it. And let's be honest. Sometimes the reason we fight against rest is because we believe subconsciously that if I stop doing this, everything's going to fall apart. That if I, I, I stop getting my hands in, if I, if I stop at any moment not doing what, what I think I should do and, and allow my body to recharge and rest, then it's all going to fall apart. Mm. But God's been doing what God's been doing since the creation of the world. And God doesn't need us to keep control of everything because as I checked, God is the only one who doesn't require rest. 
Uh, let me help you for a moment here, because I know you read it in Genesis, that the God who never gets tired said he, he, he rested on the Sabbath. He ceased from toil, but God never gets tired. He serves as a, it serves as a model for us in living and striving to be godly that we learn that he's created us because we have a need to rest. And when we rest, we express our, our trust in him. When we rest, we, we dedicate a whole day. Please say day for me. Not an hour, not, not two hours, not, not, oh, let me check my message, Pastor. Can't go over 1025 because I, I got to roll up out of here. I got life group to get to. No, 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 no. That we dedicate an entire day to recognizing God's providence. That we, we pause enough in the, the hustle and bustle of life that we, we celebrate God's provision. That's what he, he allowed them to do when they had enough manna to make it so they could just relax for for a day. And what's the one thing we always say we need? Boy, if I could just have, have just one day off. But Lord, here's, here's my prayer often after that. I would say, you know, if God would just press pause, just, just, just let me press pause on everything. But God knows I probably won't press play. But, but God says, but, but, but it's, it's woven into creation, this rhythm of, of work and rest. And let me pause for a moment when you look at this command, because many of us look at the command and we, we fail to realize that the command is to work and to rest. I hope you get this. That, that he says, you, you labor for six days. You, you work with all that you are and all that God has given you the ability to do to accomplish what God has set before you to accomplish. And then you give yourself time to, am I pushing this too much? I really want you to see this. And so God, God says it's a gift. God says it's a gift. Um, and, and, and I know some, uh, some thoughts out there that they will. Um, the, the Sabbath, let me show you how good God is, that our Sabbath experience is an experience that will bring us even into eternity. Media, I'm in Isaiah now, Isaiah 66, Isaiah 66 and 22, here as the, there's a, a prophecy of, of the, the second coming, as a prophecy of what God is going to do. And, and look what Isaiah prophesies, he says, for as the new heaven and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain for new moons to new moons from Sabbath to Sabbath. Wait a minute, we're, we're talking about the new heaven and the new earth. From Sabbath to Sabbath, the word says, all flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. I love this because Sabbath is, is, so, is so important to us that when we see the Sabbath, we look back at creation knowing that God created all things. And because he created all things, all things continue to go into existence. Hold on. But we look forward to eternity that a day is going to come where we can live in a perpetual Sabbath, that we can rest from our labors and we can always celebrate around the throne. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to a day where I can let go of all the trials and the troubles of the world and just celebrate and worship God as my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords. I'm looking forward to that Sabbath. Oh, but, but then, then, then he pushes it because as we continue to develop around this particular principle for godly living, we also see that God has given Sabbath Avis as a sign. 
back in, in Exodus, 31st chapter, look what the Lord says to Moses. He said, you're to speak to the children of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbath. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generation. It's a sign. That you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. It is a sign forever. Do you see it there? Do, do you? Okay. Is a sign how long? Okay. Sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. It's a sign. The Sabbath is a sign. And I know all of you know the purpose of a sign is to direct your attention to what's about to come. Right? And so the Sabbath here is pointing to a time in which God will redeem. He reminds the children of Israel that the Sabbath is to remind them that God redeemed them. He rescued them with his outstretched hand when they were in Egyptian captivity, toiling every day, all through the day and the night, never having a break. God sees their situation. He rescues them, brings them to a place where they can enjoy a Sabbath. And then he says, this deliverance. This, this deliverance you're experiencing now is a sign to a greater deliverance. It's pointing to something greater than right now. So the sign is pointing to the Lord of the Sabbath. I need, I need to hurry up here. Uh, uh, pointing to the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, uh, first, before we get there, though, I need to help you understand something. In uh, Matthew chapter, chapter 5, Matthew 5, 17, it is our Lord who said, Jesus Christ, uh, God in flesh, who said, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to do what? Fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappears, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So, uh, shall we, shall we follow the Sabbath? Hmm. Sh sh shall we? Uh, do we extract just one of the commands and say, oh, this command here no longer applies? Although we see it the way God intended it and realize that we benefit when we're obedient to God's word. And God says, I have given you six days in which to labor. The seventh day is your day to rest and you ought to rest. Why? Because Christ did not abolish the law. I'm in the Bible. He fulfilled the law. And I know there are scholars out there that debate this, but let me help you understand what I have uh, what I, I've seen in God's word, and God's word says that God, Christ was tempted on every count, but here's what I but he did not sin, which means Christ never violated the Sabbath. Oh, I see you. Because there were some laws that man put on top of laws that God required. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Brother George, you, you can help me here. It was over um, 15,000 laws on top of the laws that God required that they made the Sabbath laborious. So in, in Matthew uh, 
the second, no, Mark, Mark, the second chapter, the 23rd verse, you, you, you have that moment where Christ and his disciples are, are going through a grain field and his disciples are hungry. Get this. They begin to pick heads of grain off of, off of the, the um, out of the field so that they may eat because they're hungry. And there's some Pharisees and lawgivers on the side looking at them and saying, oh, you see that? They're picking food to eat, which means they're harvesting, which means they're breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus corrects them. I, I love this redemption. I, I, I love it. Uh, he corrects them. I want you to see the redemption. Because he looks at them, and, and basically what he tells them is, have you not read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence is a showbread, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath, here it is, was made for man. It's a gift for man. All mankind, it's a gift for man. Man was not created to worship the Sabbath. Ah. Uh, we're, we're not created to become so legalistic that, that the, it becomes laborious. No, what Christ did in this moment is uh, he pronounced those uh, disciples who were with them guiltless from breaking the law that the law, uh, the law the, those who studied the law and those who added to the law were trying to indict them of. Uh, God let them off. Uh, you're missing it. I, I wish I had a little more time here. Uh, God rescued them from the indictment against the law because the Sabbath was never instituted to be legalistic or to hold us in bondage, but it was instituted that we might experience true rest. Oh, and that, that's, that's the good news I have for you. Because when you see the Sabbath as a sign of redemption, that tells us that Christ isn't done. And when you align yourself with Christ, here it is, not only do you experience this, uh, this Sabbath in, in our day and time, but when you know Christ for yourself, you can experience an eternal Sabbath. Ah, I, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Uh, that that, that you, you trust God for, for ultimate renewal and righteousness. Just, just let, let, me, let me read these passages for you. Maybe you'll, you'll understand it. Uh, Romans 3 and 20. For by works of the law, we're talking about the law, Exodus, by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Let's be honest. How many of us have ever broken any of the law? I'm not talking about the speed limit, but that's, that's a law too, uh-uh. Anybody else? Uh, when you read the Ten Commandments and you see like, like oh, well, yep, yep, that one, no more, yep, yeah, I broke that one, yep, yep, no, two, yep, yep, I broke that one too, yep, no, three, yep, yep, I broke that one too. Wait till we get to thou shall not lie, but we ain't there just yet, but, ha but since I'm talking about it, have you ever broken any of the law? Oh, okay, okay, but look what the text says. The text says in Romans uh, that, that we've all broken them, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophet bear witness to it. He's talking about Christ. That the law and the prophet bears witness to Christ. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
and, somebody say and. and. Here it is. And those who believe in him are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption in Christ Jesus. What is the word of God saying is that even though we are guilty of breaking the law, we don't get, we don't get it all right all the time. When you are aligned with Jesus Christ, he gives you a perpetual Sabbath that old things are passed away. God renews you. God forgives you. God cleanses you. And God says, come on, we can get this better the next time. That's why we celebrate him. That's why we worship him, because in him there's an eternal rest that he wants all of us to experience. He wants us to, to trust in him. So in closing, Colossians 2, 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Jesus having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt and stood against, that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, putting to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment of you in question of what you might eat or drink or regarding festivals or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are shadows of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. I hope you see this. That Christ, in Christ we are free to experience life the way God has intended for us to experience it. And this is not some mandate to become legalistic and try to check up all the dots. No, it's to learn that God wants you to live in a rhythm that you might be free from the toil of our, our pragmatic society that wants to take, 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 take from you. And you never pause enough to appreciate what God has given to you. He's called us to experience his rest. And if you stand all over the building, we, we got to get out of here. If you stand all over the building, I want to invite you to experience that rest. I want to remind you that the Sabbath is a day, a day in which we rest. You might be asking, then why, why are we worshiping on Sunday? Because huh. believers in Christ, our Lord resurrected on Sunday morning. Let me not jump to resurrection just yet. He, he died on the cross bearing the weight of all our sins because God knew we couldn't carry the mandates of the law. So Christ took upon himself the punishment for us breaking the law. And being God in flesh, he died for us. He was buried in a tomb. And on Sunday morning, he rose. So why do we worship on Sunday? Because Sunday reminds us that we serve a living Savior. We worship on Sunday because the Holy Spirit came to church at Pentecost on Sunday. And we celebrate that God is with us. And when God is with you, you have that abiding rest, that abiding peace. And you'll never have true rest until you truly have a relationship with the God of rest. That's through Jesus Christ. So I'd ask you to bow your heads right now as you consider, do I really have that relationship? Our Savior said, come unto me all you who are a burden, labored, and, and heavy laden, and I will give you 
rest. This is the Sabbath that God wants you to have, but you have to come to him. May today be the day that you choose to say yes to God. May be the day that you come to experience relationship with God through Jesus Christ and experience rest. Rest for your mind, your body, rest for your soul. Knowing that Christ, in Christ, we are free from guilt and shame. In Christ, we experience forgiveness. And in Christ, we experience the favor of God. So Father, continue to speak to us. That we are challenged by your word and we draw closer and closer to you. As you teach us to live in relationship with you, going by the rhythms that you've dictated, that we might live our lives according to the rhythm of your heartbeat. And we thank you for Christ, our redeeming Savior. We ask your blessings upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.